Hey everybody and welcome. This is Donovan Bankhead with Springfield Music and I appreciate you dropping in and listening to the podcast. With the Bow Better Bands podcast, my intention is to talk with our fellow educators across the state and share some of their best tips, tricks, and best practices. Also maybe even share some of the things that they're struggling with so that we can help each other out because we're all dealing with so many of the same issues and your and your programs. And us as your school music dealer, want to try to be a resource to help you solve some of these challenges and issues. So uh, anyway, we always appreciate you listening. And if you have ideas or tips or would like to be featured on the podcast, reach out to me and let me know. Donovan at Springfield-Music.com. All right, let's jump in. for listening to the Mo Better Bands podcast. If you have something to share, click the links in the show notes of your podcast app and leave us a message. Or email me directly at donovan at springfieldmusic.com. That's D-O-N-O-V-A-N at springfieldmusic.com. If you'd like to be a guest, would like to recommend a guest or a topic, shoot me a line. Thanks again for listening. My guests today basically don't need an introduction if you're involved at all in the marching arts, you know Steve and Lindsay Vento. When you're involved with programs like Broken Arrow, Blue Springs, and Blue Devils, people tend to know who you are. So I'm going to just jump right into today's episode, talking with Steve and Lindsay. Well, I'm really excited about having this conversation with you guys today. Uh, obviously, Steve, you and I go way back to our to our Tulsa days, <laughs> yeah. and I have so many fond memories of, of uh, getting to... Uh, be a student teacher for for you and Darren and just be able to watch all the things that you guys did at Broken Arrow over the years. And when I put together this podcast, I kind of had from the beginning knew like, man, I've at some point really want to bring Steve and Lindsay on to talk about some of the things that you guys deal with, specifically with marching bands, ensembles, color guard, visual concepts. There are a million topics that we could talk about. And <laughs> we kind of mentioned before that if we tried to like take everything you guys know and distill it, this podcast would be about a week long. Yep. So we'll have to have you come back and be re- recurring guests, which I'm sure everyone will be thrilled with. But we wanted to talk about a couple of topics that we felt like were really relevant for the time of year we're in right now. We're recording this in mid-May of 2021. And Lindsay, when I when I asked, like, all right, what are some relevant topics you want to talk about? You just right out the gate had something that you were really passionate about that I think is a, an extremely pertinent message for everyone. And it was about being realistic. So with that being said, I'm going to just let you go. (laughs) Why should educators give themselves the peace of mind of being realistic? Being realistic, I think is a broad thing to say, but I say that I I find that I'm really passionate about that because I have to keep myself realistic. And if I have to keep myself realistic and I do this for a living, then what do those, what do band directors that hire people like us need to hear, you know, if I need to hear, if I need to be reminded about reality, then I'm assuming a lot of people need to be reminded about reality. So essentially we're all going into this year with um, two freshman classes. So whether you did, as we like to call them, the COVID shows, right? The condensed version or something that you may not normally do, but it was great for football games and um, it gave the kids an experience and you still didn't completely delete marching band from your program. Those that class that is going to be sophomores didn't really get the full version. No matter what you did, you didn't really get the full version. We were you didn't know there were restrictions at first. And even though you came from a district that 
lifted restrictions faster than others, you still were kind of like on eggshells for a hot minute, figuring out what it was that you could do. And so that class didn't get the full gamut of what you would normally present to your students. And now we have a, the eighth graders coming into freshmen. We've had nothing at this point. So you essentially have two freshman classes. And I feel like we need to remember that on multiple levels. As designers or band directors or whoever it is, we really missed last year. We missed all of the things, right? It wasn't just the competitive side of things because that's a whole other podcast. And I'm not super into that side of things. Contrary to popular belief, I mean, I could take or leave the competitive side of things. But we miss doing the thing like we're used to doing the thing. High energy and rehearsals and not worrying about six feet apart and playing what we really want to play and marching what we really want to march. And we missed all of that. And so as designers and directors, we have to check ourselves that our passion and excitement of it being normal isn't like making up for lost time. So we go over the top with all of our choices and we go over the top with all of the visual designs and the conceptual designs and whatever. And then we forget, oh, we still have two freshman classes. So as adults, like we have to remind ourselves that no matter how much we missed it, how excited we are, we still have to remind ourselves that we have two baby classes that didn't get the training and the technique and all of the things that we normally would provide on a normal timeline last year. So it's just keeping it real. And I mean, if you're like any, I mean, there are so many different schools that even concert season looked different. Mm-hmm. You couldn't meet the same and you had to spread out over rooms. And, you know, if you're like some of the schools that we work with, I mean, they had to sit six feet apart until like last month. And, and some so band rooms not, were not big enough. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, and so you're meeting at two different times and you're not really together. And so that music education that we lost, I want to say I'm doing quotes. I don't know if this, the people that don't see the video, I'm hand quoting here. <laughs> the time that we lost, you, we've got to keep that in mind that we've got to kind of start from the ground up. Yeah. We've got to go slow and steady and methodical and music education has to win at the end of the day. It's not your show concept. It's not how big your props are. Nobody cares. It's not how much money you spend on X, Y, Z. Nobody cares. Music education is first and foremost. So we have to be realistic with how are we going to do that for our program? And it's going to look different everywhere, right? Being realistic with fundraising. Most people didn't have fundraising. So as designers, we have to go in and not design as we normally would and ask what we normally would because that just fundraising wasn't a thing. So again, yeah. it's just the being realistic of where we are and not being so excited and trying so hard to make up for lost time by overshooting so far that the experience you're providing to your students isn't the one that you want to provide. Man, that's so many great points there. I, I think the one thing that I might challenge you on only is the this idea of you have two freshman classes. You probably don't even have that. Honestly, it's probably right. a little bit worse because it could be. the, the, the incoming freshmen haven't had like normal band experience either. So yeah. you almost have like incoming seventh and seventh and a half graders sure. coming in. And uh, like, so musically, they're, pro- they're, the, the, they're probably not quite as developed as they used to be. Uh, they may have other challenges as well. But I think you're saying something that's so important for people to hear. And I want everyone to like really think, I can say this, maybe you can't say this, but you guys are like literally at the top of the heap of, in terms of skill, experience, and ability of what you do. And you're saying 
you you have to be realistic with yourself. Yes. So if you are a band director and you're in Broken Hubcap, Missouri, <laughs> like yes, Broken cut Hubcap. yourself some slack. You're, this, yes. you're in your fifth year teaching, like you're still trying to figure things out. Like cut yourself some slack and be realistic. If the people who at the at the top of the game are saying like we have to be realistic with what we've got, what we can do this year, then that's really going to apply to just everybody. That it's going to be going to be a challenge. So, yeah. and I think we're all super excited about it. Like, hey, yeah. it's finally yeah. starting to come back. But like, pace yourself. I mean, like we 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 dwell on the fact that we have two freshman classes, you know, but we really don't have the upper classmen leadership like right. we've had in the past too right. and it's that true. is that is huge like when i've i know we've had uh, a rise and fall of some people staying involved or not staying involved with the last year of being in virtual you know so numbers are different from every band you know and your senior class might not be as strong and those seniors have really only had two years of marching experience and your juniors that you're looking guidance to you know for other leadership they've had one year so it's mm -hmm. not like they really have that much experience either. So doing that 90 minute show and doing tempos at 172 and oh, doing all oh, these things that you oh. want to do that you've done in 2019, you know, let's bring back the reins and, you know, whatever contest you plan on going to kind of figure out what time restraints you have to abide by and then figure out the show within those guidelines. You know, there's no need to do a very, very lengthy show if you're doing just local Missouri type shows. And, you know, it's around six minutes. Now, if you go to the BOA things, also, if there's other rules and regulations you have to abide by. But if you don't but do that. it's still not a nine minute show. Like yeah. still, like yeah. there's no, you can still stay at seven, seven and a half. I mean, I've, I've worn the green polo up in the press box and I will wear it again this fall. And never have I gone to mark in my scores and competition suite and said, Oh, their show's longer. Never. It is. It's not about if it's longer. It's about what does it feel longer? If it feels longer, that's a whole other podcast. That's bad pacing, right? Like if it feels longer and you're like, Oh, that wasn't 10 minutes. No. Oh, felt like it. Um, yeah. Right. So but here's the ballad. There's no, there's no, yeah. there's the no ballad. I thought we were done. I thought the show was over. I know. more. So like that's just the opener. Oh god. Um, <laughs> there, there's no, there's no box on the sheets about length of show. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. It's about what you do in the time that you have. It's about what you do with it. And if six minutes and six, and I think I don't know. I don't have to look at those rules anymore. But like six and a half minutes, I feel is the minimum time. But I could be wrong for Bands America and a lot of schools tend to follow those time constraints, but you can do a lot of good for your kids and you can do a lot of exciting things for the audience who's watching in six and a half minutes, seven minutes. You know what I mean? Cause we're always going to go, I mean, speaking to the design side, we're always going to go 30 to 40 seconds longer than that's on that original MP3. We needed more time for drill. No matter how much you swear you're actually going to play the tempos that the arranger writes eight times out of 10. You're not really at 172, are you? No, 164 adds some seconds to your show, right? When you don't right. take it to show tempo. And so all of those things kind of add up. So realistic. I mean, Steve is totally right. There is no reason to do a nine minute. It's just not necessary. Well, mm -hmm. and, you know, I had said before that, you know, I know a lot of directors were thinking like, well, that show that we had planned to do for 2020, 
we'll just shelf that and then we'll do it in 2021. Yeah. But they may find that they don't have the horsepower to pull off that show this year that with all the things you're talking about, with the fact that they've got two pseudo incoming freshman classes, basically that they don't have the upper uh, classman leadership that they've had in the past. The entire ensemble doesn't have the experience that it's had in the past that they may not be able to just pick up where they left off back right. at the end yeah. of, of 2019. Uh, the Which leads me to my, my next thing is that usually I do, I don't know, 60 to 70 custom shows, so, you know, this year we did like 25 and out of those 25, I bet you half of those were new shows that people actually, depending on where you lived at and what state you still had marching band, people didn't feel a, a bump in it while others had to do it like a COVID style show, like maybe just an opener or whatever. Well, out of those 25 projects I've done, I'd say half of those were like, Hey, so-and-so graduated. I no longer have this hoss and this thing. We have to do a new ballad. Hey, can we rework this opener? Because I don't think my woodwinds can handle the meat now. Can we take out some of the running 16th notes and put some more landing points in there? So I think it's highly important for the band director to take that advice, to take that moment and go through the score and find what's realistic, redo something or rewrite something to make your band more... Successful. Sustainable, successful, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's going to be a, a huge aspect for 2021. If you shelved your show, great, you know, you're using it, but it's not the same band. So mm-hmm. I, I'm telling everybody that I've been writing for is like, hey, let's back it off a half a grade level that you were doing, if not three quarters of grade level. And depending on how much in-person instruction you had compared to virtual instruction, you might have to go down one grade level, you know? Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. And I know there's people that are going to listen to this podcast and go, oh, well, that's easy for you to say because your top bands, I'm sure, haven't had to make any adjustments. You know, I mean, you guys are probably fine. Um, Here to tell you, every single band we work for has made adjustments. Every Mm -hmm. single one. Mm -hmm. Not every one with the exception of three. Every single team has had to go back and say, you know, um, not sure that we're going to have the meat or the depth in this section like we thought we would. We graduated the we graduated a lot of seniors, but then obviously the freshmen we're bringing up are not the normal freshmen that would come up. Right. So I, I want to say and I, I try to preface this often when I talk to people that when we say these things, we don't mean these for this tier of teams that we design for. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's everybody we design for. You can look at our resume and figure out who we're talking about and all the teams we're talking about, but everybody's getting those adjustments because everyone's in the same boat. I don't care who you are. I don't care how, I don't care how many Eagles you have sitting on your shelf in your band room. I will actually give it back, but whatever, a picture of your Eagle, but it doesn't matter what you have. You're, you, you're making adjustments. Kids are kids. Times are times. COVID is COVID. I mean, there's no, no one's flying under the radar on this thing or above the radar. I mean, it's, everyone's making adjustments and you should be, and you should be because your, your kids are 16 year olds are the same 16 year olds cross country. And they didn't get the instruction that they normally get. And their mental health is a whole other level right now. And so all of that should be taken into account. And so people are getting on this path. They're like, I thought we're going to be talking about design, but it's a part of it. Like that's a part of it. Like when Mm -hmm. we don't just sit here and design everything we can think of. And like at the, whatever. Sure. I'd love to do that. 
but you know, we're just like, Steve and I are designers that think about those things. Like what's this going to take out of the members? How is mental health? Is this going to work? Is this a concept that's actually appropriate for where mental health is right now? If you're doing a show about somebody going crazy, right? Those kind of shows, not, not appropriate, not appropriate time. Mental health is at an all time low. And so those are things to take into consideration. Side tangent, but all of that matters. Yeah. Even your concept may be something that needs to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. It matters. Like if you're doing some dark and angular and like really aggressive and black and crawl over the field kind of thing, I don't know. Is that what kids need right now? I, I, I don't think so, but I mean, let's do an all Smurf show. Let's just, we're going to do Smurfs. And everything's going to be lovely and happy. And unicorns <laughs> and rainbows. Yeah, yes. we're going to do a Care Bears and, and Smurfs universe. That's what we're well, going to do. <laughs> go ahead, Steve. I know you have something to say. Go ahead. But yeah, but, but we're also talking about the physical aspect, you know, the cardiovascular side of things. You know, we're marching when you're in a normal world. You've had the opportunities to go outside, do this, do that, play basketball at the park, play tennis, whatever. But so many things were taken away to the point where kids spend a lot of time on the couch virtually doing things. Mm-hmm. And so their athleticism uh, or their physical attributes have changed a little bit, you know. So they're going to have to, you know, once again, and, you know, the tempos matter because this is a athletically inclined activity of cardiovascular if you want to properly sound good on the move you know so tempo is another good thing of like hey let's not go so fast let's worry about great sounds if you know instead of 152 maybe 148 might not be that bad this year just so we can actually get some things going you know physically you know because that's one thing i worry about is is velocity because velocity creates effect but you take Mm -hmm. that things away from the athleticism of what the kids can do, then we're taking away some velocity. So now I have to create different effect, you know? And so that's, that's, what we're looking well, at. And that's well. a key point because the judging the if we're going to talk about the competitive side of things, which honest, I'm just funny. Cause you're like, aren't you a judge? But it's kind of like the least, my least favorite part of it all. It really is. It's like, can we just go be artistic and show off our kids to audiences? And I don't know. I, I, it's the least, my least favorite part of it all, but the judging, the, the sheets haven't changed, sadly. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. They have not changed. They're not going to change to accommodate where we are. So if you are one of those people that is still thinking about, well, I need to design a show to be competitive at this show and that show and whatever, then you need to be aware, like what Steve had just said, if, if, if speed and velocity isn't something that you can handle right now and that generates effect, then you've got to find it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've got to find it in colors and aesthetic and this intellectual and aesthetic and emotional effect. Right. And so if you can't find it in some of those speed changes um, and you don't have the 40 person guard you're used to having and you have more like 20, well, that's field coverage and that's effect. Right. So you're going to have to get really creative. The judges sheets are not going to change. And we're not going to yeah. sit up in the press box and talk about, well, you know what, you know what I heard that a really rough year. We're not going to, that's not how we do it up there. So we're still going to use the same sheets. So if you're, you know, really trying to be ultra competitive and you're trying to do the thing, then like Steve said, if, if you don't have the athleticism right now to pull off tempos and things that take, you know, and even the musical technicality, you know, give me a good old fashioned brass technical feature. I'm going to clap and throw points all day long if it's done well. But if you don't have that 
and you're still trying to be ultra competitive at a show, you've got to find other ways to be effective because mm-hmm. effect at the end of the day wins the game. That's you know, it. another, another side of things that, you know, I, I, I had my notebook writing down uh, things after you say something, Donovan and, and you too, Lindsay, <laughs> but like, you know, one, one thing for sure is like last week we went to a band concert, a percussion concert for our youngest and he was not that excited. He was so super nervous, more so than excited. Yeah, he because was. he's never played in front of an audience. This is a sixth grader. Okay. And so his attitude after hearing live audience reactions to what they played has changed his whole attitude of wanting to do band and how he wants to do band next year. Now I start thinking about seventh graders. Right. Well, their last live experience they've had was their winter concert in 2019 mm-hmm. like the I, I keep on getting recordings from max from their band of virtual performances where they perform it just there in the band not max in front of our middle son sorry max yeah. is our middle one yeah sorry gotcha but i mean like they're doing uh you know recordings and then sending out the recordings and they really get no applause they get right. no reaction whatsoever they just play the music and they go home so like you magnify that by eighth graders, ninth graders, mm-hmm. so and so. You know, now as many times you can perform this year, I would. I'm not a parade person. I hate parades. You know, parades are not like the things that I'm. I'm. I'm a huge fan of. You know, but every small town has some type of huddle jumping, this, that, whatever. You know, rooster days. You name it. Every right. small town has a parade that you have to do. This is the perfect time to get as many performances as possible. Do as many things as you possibly can. You know, play at the grand opening of the new Chick-fil-A <laughs> just so the kids have the chance to play in front of an audience. Because the first time you don't want them to play in front of the audience is the first home football game, you know, in yeah. 2021. Mm, and right. you don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, oh, you know what's um, going to happen. Oh, you know. What's gonna happen. <laughs> you know. <laughs> there, there's going to be a lot of surprises, you yeah. know, but. Some of that practical experience is gone too. Yeah. You know? So as much you can Sorry, do. We've, we've talked so much about, I mean, you also hopefully you can tell our minds are not, we don't think concept and glam and glitz and music and competitive. We, that's not the first thing the Vintos think about. Maybe that's why we can be successful at times because we don't think about that first. I don't know, but you can obviously tell by what we've talked about thus far. It's about the kids and being realistic and rehearsal techniques and the excellence of what we do in music education. Mm-hmm. But we're happy to talk about all the other fun stuff too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but like, obviously we think on that level. I mean, we're parents, we're educators, we're all of that matters. So um, well, I, talk I, I, all day about the design side of things. That's easy peasy, but it's this other stuff that matters really mm-hmm. right now. So and as we transition into other topics, you know, like if if we go back and think about our show duration that we talked about, it's trying to go six minutes, then think about, well, how many minutes do you want the full band to be playing at one time? Yeah, yeah. You know, because an, a, a fortissimo effect usually occurs when the full band's playing. But if the full band's playing at a mezzo piano, mezzo forte, and a forte b- leading up into that impact, all it is is just a little louder, but the same timbre. So therefore you have to be a little more creative with those band moments. So therefore we have enough gas to finish the show. So that's where it's like, okay, let's thin this out. Like we talked about earlier, thinning things out. Can we land on one soloist for this phrase and then save the band to play 
the impact instead of having the band back up this phrase or having an all skate where everyone's playing all the time prior to the impact. Let's rethink this just so that we still can generate a timbral effect, a musical effect, a overall effect, a cohesiveness of the program but saving your wins so therefore they can maximize the show. The last thing you want to do is have the wins play two and a half minutes of the entire opener, you know, right. and now we're going right. for a ballot. It's like, you're just like, they're going to be spent. They're going to be worn. So we got to be no, a little more creative. Again, I go back to the judges sheets. I mean, some inside scoop here, which everybody can download. It's online. There's no space on there that says how did, how long did the band play all together? How long were they 2D? It's a variety. That's what it's about. It's about variety. That's what we give you credit. It's not about how long did you all play at the same time while moving? No, that's not, that's not a thing. It's about variety. So like he's saying, you have a young band. I mean, we all have young bands, right? I, mean, I don't know if anybody in the country doesn't have a quote unquote young band right now, anybody right. in the country. So you've got to be really smart. Like you, they cannot play three fourths of the opener 2D. Not yeah. a good choice guys. Write that down. Terrible, terrible choice. Don't do it. Find ways, give your percussion some time to shine, give a soloist, give a small ensemble. You know what I mean? Like you've got six kids in your wind ensemble that just are, didn't miss a lesson during COVID, you know, did virtual lessons. And these kids are at the top of their game. You feature those six kids and you yeah. feature them for like 40 seconds. And then the rest of the band is doing a little, you know, the other two Supremes and backing them up, backing up Diana Ross. Right. But that's a thing. Like as long as it, it's, it's about variety. And variety is effective. You just don't want to hear the same thing the whole time. And so this is actually a saving grace because then you're not asking your band to play all the time. You do not get more points because of how long your band plays all at the same time. That's not a yeah. thing. You guys are making such great points because you're, you're right. You have both the physical and the musical endurance mm -hmm. is going to be diminished right now. And <laughs> where me and the family are going to go here the Boston Brass perform in two weeks. They're going to yeah. play Joplin. Nice. And I know Jeff Connor uh, from back when I worked for Con Selmer years ago. And so I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I'm really excited to, to get to see you. And hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up. And uh, my youngest son's playing tuba. He's going to be there. And, you know, and he was like, oh, we'll have to have him meet the tuba player. So Belinda, uh, my wife, and my youngest son, Maddox, were listening to the Boston Brass because to kind of get him to hear it and see it. He's in seventh grade right now. And he asked Belinda, he was like, so could dad play this kind of stuff? Like, cause he's always trying to figure out how good I am. Like right, he knows right. I'm, I'm, I'm better than any musician he knows, but he's always like, but is he this good? And Belinda's like, you know, he probably could, but I don't know that he'd have the endurance for quintet playing anymore, you know, yeah. which she's, Different she's thing. totally right. And she's probably too generous on my ability to play the, mm -hmm. the other stuff anyway, but it's the same thing with our students. Like they not only they don't have the physical endurance of all the athleticism and being on the field and doing all the things they've been doing likely, but then they're likely not going to have the musical endurance of their instruments on their faces and playing. And so being smart and creative with how you put those together. So you maximize that for, for the, for the best effect is something that you're likely going to, I mean, we've always have to be considerate of that always, always with wind yeah. musicians, but even more so this time. So we're probably editing our, if we're going to reuse our show from, that we had in the books from 2019 for 2020, we're probably needing to edit that. We may yes. need to be added to the test Rotura. We need, maybe need to edit how many of the 2D sections. We maybe may need to edit some of the volume levels. Like we may need to make some edits even to that stuff if we're going to try to use it. We're well, likely 
gonna have to. That well, you're saying the best programs across the country oh, are making edits. And yes. so we're going to have to do that if we're in Prairieville, Illinois or whatever. Well, and I'm so. going to, I mean, I'll, I, hopefully those that listen to this, I'm going to save, I'm, let me save you. And just, and so I don't have to go back and say, I told you so. If you're not making edits, you're incorrect. I'm just, it's, it's as bold as it can be. And feel free to edit that out, Donovan. I hope you no, don't. No, it's perfect. <laughs> it is, if you're not making edits, you're incorrect. It's not correct. There is no possible way that your students are who they were at the end of 2019. Think about it. That show that you shelved in 2020, you started thinking about in 2019. Mm -hmm. It's 2021. And if you think that your students have the same abilities and the same endurance and the same mental health and the same physical attributes and all of that since December of 2019, I mean, you're missing the mark here, man. Like there's just not, it's not possible. It's just not. And you're, and you got to think about the experience that you want to provide for your kids is like forcing and shoving that show down their throats as is really providing that experience for your students that you, that they actually want to come back. I mean, I don't think so. so. You know, one thing I, I think about a lot when I was as a band director for over two decades, whether I was teaching high school or college out of the hundred percent of the kids that are involved, you're not going to mess up 10 or 15% of them. They are just smart kids. They're going to figure it out no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Now you can, you can give them the best in class book or the standards of excellence book, and they're going to look at it. It just makes sense. Then you have another 10 or 15% that you could have a daily lesson with these dudes and they're not going to figure it out. So now you're looking at the middle 65 to 70% of those kids. And that's what we're trying to target to make sure that the show is going to be totally playable for those dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I'm, that I've been kind of looking at as I look for those harmonic phrases in the score. How can I thin out some of those harmonic phrases? And with electronics and synthesizers and all that stuff, there's lots of times where you might have actually in 2019 had like, you know, the low brass playing an ostinato rhythm, you know, chordal thing underneath the melodic content. It's like, you know what? Let's throw that in the low marimba. Give these low brass guys a rest. Let's put that in the synthesizer. Let's do, let's just do a pad sound and not worry about the Asnado. Let the bass drums do something to give the Asnado thing happen and give those low brass players eight bars of rest so they can come in stronger here. Give these guys six bars of rest and you thin things out like that. Then all of a sudden the show is going to come alive again and the kids Mm -hmm. are going to feel more confident and it's just, it's going to pop. You know, I had a design timeline document. I get this to all my clients. Like when I get a, a new client, they ask, you know, what what's our timeline? Well, this is something I developed many, many years ago, you know, and it's just something that if you can stay along lines with that, I don't want to recite it because it's a couple pages long. Uh, right. but it's It actually starts in November. And that's a good document. If you aren't using a me, like if you're not using a program coordinator, you know, or an artistic designer, then that is a perfect timeline because it gives you checkpoints as a staff who are like, I don't know what I'm doing with this. And that gives you checkpoints. If you have a coordinator, then that person does a lot of those things for you and keeps you on track. If you don't, then that timeline that he sent you needs to be like pinned to your wall, keep you on track. Yeah. So many times people are focused on one thing at one time, you know, it's, it's hard to be thinking about, marching band when you have state contests coming up. Yeah. I get it. I, I understand that. I was in those trenches too, you know, but the the more you can kind of keep on revolving 
the calendar around and juggling those those plates, I think the better it's going to be for your program to be successful. So like when April 25th happens, that's usually the last day of any type of state band contest around the United States, that Friday, the last Friday in April. All right. And so I dread that Saturday and I dread that Monday because that's when I'm going to get 15 to 20 emails mm. of clients, Seriously. you know, and phone calls. Okay, let's talk marching band. Dude, you're four months late. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when can I get my show in two weeks? Uh, no. <laughs> you know? We're dealing with the same thing right now with directors because they're emailing us wanting bids and because they have budget money left over and, you know, yeah. but they need to spend it by you know, Wednesday. like now, like, yeah, and, it's not gonna uh, say last week. <laughs> and it's not like, can I get a bid on these three items? It's like, can I get a bid on, on my entire percussion? <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh. So that's 80 pieces and you need it by three o'clock. Like, uh-huh. yeah. and it would be fine if it was just you, but it's you and about 14 other directors today. Exactly. So yeah. totally, totally get that. We understand it happens. We, we yeah. do our best to accommodate, but uh, sure. Yeah, some. This is. Do I have your permission to share this timeline? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because there is so many things here that uh, would be, especially as people think going forward for the future. You know, having being intentional about how they break up these things into into these little chunks makes it a much more manageable process. It's not overwhelming uh, if you do that. If you use that timeline, if you right. if you're able to do, it's like cleaning the house. You know, if you wait for a Wednesday night and clean the entire house, it sucks, you know? But if you do this room here, this room here, this room here, wipe the counters, blah, 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 and just do it little by little, you really don't miss it. You know, it's not, it's, it's not one of those things that it's, that's, it's, it's totally uh, time consuming and stressful. Problem is like when you're trying to cram November, December, January, February, March, April into May 1st, you know, <laughs> and you have to worry about graduation and you're worried about this other stuff, then it gets stressful. Yeah. And I understand a lot of people don't have the budget to hire designers, full-timers, you know, and all that type of stuff, you know, so this would help them out along the way. If yeah. If you're able to to bring in a team to help you with an outside team to help you with it, that could be fantastic. And of course, most, if not all of the top tier programs do that, but even, you know, surprising amount of mid tier and even below programs are getting some amount of outside assistance uh, mm-hmm. to, to help, whether it's, visual design, whether it's a music arrangement or uh, whether it's uh, instruction, whatever it is, they're getting some kind of assistance to help. And so even if you're trying to manage this process internally with your own team, kind of taking this tried and true process and incorporating it into your timeline would be really effective. So, all right, we're, 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 on, we're on board, but we're going to shift gears with our show. We're going to scrape the uh, depression-themed show that we yes. had uh, originally planned <laughs> right. for. We're going to do something that's a little more positive and uplifting. We're going to do something that's been uh, scaled back a bit, both athletically and uh, musical performance-wise, to uh, accept the reality of the musicians that we're going to have coming into our ensembles this fall. And we're kind of looking at all this and we're thinking, you know, I think I, I really could use some outside help with this. I'd love, because of the challenges I'm going to have, you know, I, I would love to work with someone to help me come up with the right musical elements to make the most out of the ensemble I'm going to have in 2021. And then I'd also love to have someone help me with some of the visual elements to help kind of cover up some of these uh, problems that I'm going to have. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about what that process is like for an educator that's reaching out for outside assistance. Let me talk music real quick because mine will be pretty short. If you have a small budget, people try to go to public domain pieces. 
but Beth needs orchestral pieces. But unfortunately, they don't play orchestral transcriptions during their band period through the course of the year. So now they just kind of play concert band stuff or poppy Disney stuff for the spring concert, but don't do orchestral type of pieces. Now they want to do something Tchaikovsky outside in the field. You can't do, you know, orchestral transcriptions outside if you haven't done them inside on that. So on that part of it, you know, so many times I get frustrated hearing all these bands doing classical music, which I love classical music, but there's no way they're doing those orchestral transcriptions inside their classroom during their typical band class. They're playing music work stuff. They're playing all these other things, you know? And so that's not allowing them to be successful because it's a different weight of the notes. It's a different style. You know, it's those type of things. So then what do they do? Well, okay, now they're now looking at go to Tresona and try to find something poppy or maybe just something too poppy. Well, too much of one thing is not a good thing. A little bit of one thing is a good thing, you know? So having too much of pop music through an entire show is really kind of not as effective. It's not as, I'm not saying you have to be a highbrow, but you want to have variety of things. Mm-hmm. So you want to have a mix of things with that, you know? And that's why a lot of people, if, if you haven't designed your show just yet, I'd be looking at right now, I'd be looking at band literature, the grade three, two plus things of the music works, of Josh's publishing, of those type of uh, composers that is going to make your band sound good. They don't raise anybody up into, you know, higher notes, ledger line notes, or too low notes or bad keys. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I'd be looking at those things first and foremost. And just because you did an orchestral transcription or you like to arrange yourself and you do it yourself, just because it's in B doesn't mean you have to play that Persichetti piece in B. There's no, there's no such thing as the integrity of the piece. Like, I don't even know where that came from. The integrity is out of tune. That's what the integrity is going to be. Play it well, like, that's integrity. You know, yeah. yeah, let's hear that concert C sharp chord. Yeah, that's awesome, guys. You know, I <laughs> know. Put your seventh position a little further out. There you go. Okay. That's going to be effective. You know, so yeah. I mean, like, you know, put it in a friendly key B flat, E flat, F. Boom. All right. That's my well, thing. And on, yeah. well, even on the, I'm going to take that music thing a step further. Like, if you are arranging your music in house and you have that ability, listen to everything Steve just said. That is super important. If you are not that person, I think a lot of people look at hiring arrangers or hiring designers or coordinators and they think, oh my gosh, that's going to be so ungodly expensive. Here's what I will pitch out to you. If, I mean, I'll take Steve, for example, or any, any arranger, but um, obviously I like him the best. Um, They're all just because what did you call it? Broken hubcap, Missouri, just because (laughs) broken hubcap high school played that music and called it cityscapes or whatever doesn't mean that you have to use that music and call it that so i challenge you to go to different arrangers it it, okay being good doesn't have to be expensive it does not have to be expensive it does not just you can look expensive and sound expensive without being expensive that's Mm -hmm. a that's a thing so you go to a ranger's websites and you and you find shows that are previously done, already written shows. Cover up the show title. Just cover it up. Don't even know what it was originally called and listen to it. What does that music say to you? Because something that might be called, I don't know, the rise and fall of New York, it, to you sounds like 
seasons, mm-hmm. spring, summer, winter, fall. So cover up the title and listen to it. Well, because it was called this by this school does not mean you have to do that. So you're right. saving yourself time, energy, sanity, therapy sessions, and money by purchasing shows that have already been done by other people in a totally different state. It doesn't even have to be somewhere. No one's ever heard it. It's just the music's already written. It's there. It's written for you to be successful. Cover up the title. What does that one say to you? Title it your own thing. Take it on a new direction. I think people don't realize you can do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can Mm -hmm. use that piece of music in 17 different conceptual shows. Call it whatever you want. Doesn't matter. Right. But that's an inexpensive way. That's a really inexpensive way to be correct. And I would add on to that by trying to have some percussion arranger of some sort to go and overlook the music you just purchased. Because one thing that I found out that every percussion section is different. While the winds can all handle the same thing, the front ensemble size is totally different from from school to school to school. So you buy something stock, you know, it was written for four marimbas and three vibes. And, you know, you saw this band at Grand Nationals do it, but now you have a a xylo rimbo and a a gong, you know, and you're kind of wondering, how come it doesn't sound so good? Well, you send out too much stuff, you know? So that's where some of the funds need to be spent is, is those things to make sure that the drumline can play what's written. The front ensemble can achieve the equipment uh, challenges as well as the ability challenges, you know? And if you don't do that, then it's just like, you're already starting off in a negative sense of, of giving your kids the best chance to be successful, mm-hmm. you know, and never use a long ranger as a microphone. <laughs> never. never. Yeah. You know, you're bringing up some, uh, some, some great points here. And, you know, certainly hiring professionals costs money. There's no doubt about it, but so many times that money is such an, a great investment. I, I was thinking about when you, as you were kind of talking about that, the experience we had, we were building a store and originally we were trying to kind of do the design ourselves. And I remember thinking like, man, we're already spending a lot of money to put, to put the store in. Like, I, I feel like it'd be worth it to get a professional to help with some of the design choices we're making on the inside and some of the structural choices we're making. So we ended up spending the money to bring in a, a, an interior architect and an interior designer. And yes, that cost more than what we originally planned, but and it didn't end up saving us money overall, which sometimes it can. So it didn't save us money. But what it did was save us from making a lot of expensive mistakes. Yep. And, in, and in my experience, there's been times where we haven't done that, where, yes, maybe I still ended up saving money, but the amount of money I saved wasn't worth. Wasn't worth what, it. Wasn't worth it. And it wasn't worth the lack of quality I had in the final product. If I would have spent a little bit more, I could have had a much better outcome. And so I think that's something for people to, and sometimes if you don't, you know, I had an employee once who was asking money, money for something that I, we just didn't really have. And he's like, Hey, if we can't do it, we can't do it. If we, if we po, we po. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know? And so sometimes, you know, you don't have the money, you don't have the money. And so we, we get it, but if you can getting some professionals to come in, even if it's just some consulting or something to help you, could end up making things so much better for you. And I think when, if we th- kind of fast forward to the end of the 2021 marching season, you know, think about like, what, what do you want that result to feel like? Mm-hmm. And I think you might think about like, what assistance do you need? 
But then I also would think about as we're think as we're planning our shows and our concepts, and this kind of ties in to, to our very first topic here. You know, at the end of that season, are you going to think, man, I, I wish, you know, with the band we ended up having, we could have done a harder show. Would you rather feel that way? Or would you rather feel at the end of the going, oh, I wish I wouldn't have pushed the band this hard. Mm, we, it's we didn't always look up to that it. one. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. I would much rather be in a spot where I feel like, you know, we probably could have done more. I'd rather be at that place yep. than be at the place where I feel like, oh, geez, I, you know, we, we just we bit off more than we can chew here. And now we don't feel good about what we what we've uh, put well, together. Yeah, man. And I, I'm going to be super real with this thing is like, let's be let's be honest of what is the most visual part of your program, the visible part of your program. You know, like if you're if you're Star Spangled Banner and the football game doesn't like the Star Spangled Banner, then you're not going to have a good marching band season. If your fight song falls apart, you're not going to have a good marching band season. But look at the audience. Every seat is filled on a Friday night. You know, then pass forward to your band concert. The band parents show up and it doesn't really matter. They're going to like what you do anyway. You know, mm-hmm. so like the, as for a community sense. If you're wanting to build your program, if you're wanting to build so many aspects of that, it's about the visibility of the marching band and the quality of that performance, because that's when people are going to start noticing you the most, you know? And so if you're going to put money towards something, I'd be putting money toward that marching band just so they look pro, they sound pro, it looks produced, it feels produced. It just like, wow, this is, you know, you want to make it feel like a Vegas production, not a Branson production. You know, yeah. I mean, it's got to yeah. be that higher quality of performance, you know, Hollywood-esque, you know, not black and white silent movie-esque. One of the least expensive things that I provide, if we're talking about cost, but is the most valuable thing, which when I think about that, I, I probably priced that backwards, right? It's the most valuable <laughs> thing I do, but it's the cheapest. I'm not sure how I didn't think about that, but um, it's doing production notes for programs, I go through the score and I stage every part of the band where they're supposed to go. Where's the guard going? When do they transition through their equipment without looking like they're running on fire? 40 people running to the sideline like they're on fire to grab that swing flag. Where does the battery go so that they're vertically aligned with the front ensemble? They have a sight line to the drum major, but the brass feature can still use them as timing support. How, are, how do we make it look like it has variety? How are there people moving and holding at the same time? So it doesn't look like everybody's yelling at you all the time visually. So I go through and I go through the score and I draft production notes and it is a really intensive columns and measure numbers and all of the things. And then I send that to the drill writer and I send it with sketches. Like I draw out exactly what that impact's going to look like. And then arrows of where we're going next. And all that drill writer has to do is paint by numbers. And that band is guaranteed to a second they get the drill. Cause how many times do you get drill and you pass out coordinate sheets to your kids or whatever. And then you look at it and you're like, huh, the trumpets are not where they should. Why are my trumpets on the 10 yard line? Because you didn't plan it right, right? Like you couldn't right. planned, you didn't think ahead. You didn't give us enough time as visual designers to get your trumpets towards the 50-yard line because they have the melody coming up on the next impact. But as someone who does it for me, who does production notes in that way, I can go, oh, I can tell you right now, you're going to need about six more bars in this percussion feature because there's no way I can get the brass back towards the 50. And if that's where you want them, that's not going to happen. Like I catch all of those things along the way so that when you get that drill, it's plug and play and it's done. Every time it works, the guard 
choreographer can choreograph things straight from the production notes. They don't need to wait for the drill. It's all there, right there. So that is something that is key because you don't, as a mark, I want, I was a music ed major. You don't go to, they don't teach you how to design a marching band show. I don't remember that class. Sometimes they have like Missouri state is now starting that now. Dr. Snow is starting that actually go bears, but um, they're starting that now. Um, but that's not a common thing mm-hmm. to have marching band design class. So you graduate as a band director and that's great, but don't have false expectations of yourself or allow them to be put on you. You're not a designer. Right. And that's okay. And that is okay. You didn't go to school for that. Right. But some of us did. So implore, you know what I mean? Let us help you. Like we did that thing and you did that thing. And then when we join, that should be a really good thing. And one thing I probably wouldn't do would be just, I got the music, send them off to the drill dude, you know? Yeah, you have to give them direction. (laughs) You know, I mean, you're expecting this drill writer is Picasso and he can create art. I don't think we want Picasso because he didn't have ears and stuff, but Van Gogh. Van Gogh. No, no, Van Gogh didn't have ears. Because I've seen a lot of Picasso. Picasso No, it's Picasso. Are there? Picasso was the one, he'll put the nose over on the side. The nose over here. That's why I'm like, you don't want Picasso drill. We're going to start calling it that because your your battery's in all the wrong location. We're going to start calling it Picasso. Yeah, snares on one side of your line. Oh, man. Oh, man. But no, but I mean, like, some some drill writers are visual designers. Some drill writers Mm -hmm. are are just that they just kind of put dots in the field and then they don't worry about the guard until the band show's done. And then they worry about the band stuff. And then all of a sudden, all you see is the guard is there just around the band and there's Mm -hmm. never any integration, you know? So trust me, your writers would rather have a production sheet handed to them. So it gives them direction. Some people can handle a blank canvas. Some people need those little paint by numbers, you know, to make them as successful. You know, I, I work with a ton of drill riders, you know, and some are better than others, you know, when they get the proper direction, you know. Maybe like somebody yeah. coming to you and saying, hey, I need all new instruments. And you're like, well, what do you need? You're like, I don't know, whatever you, whatever you right. can do. And you're like, but I don't know, but wait, what? Like, do you have, what, what do most schools get? Yeah, what do most schools get? Sell us whatever what? you want. And you're like, wait, I don't understand. That's what that feels like. Yeah, Sometimes. I have a surplus of banjos. Let's get rid of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want the instruments that that 6A program has. Well, it's your 2A program. I don't know that you need needed what right. they needed. Yeah. yeah. And that's a whole other podcast too, right? Well, Vandergrift, yeah. they did the opera, the night of the opera show and won Grand National. So I, I think that's if that's winning, I want to do that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time. Time out, Taylor. Like, that's not how that works. That's a lot of years and that's a lot of stuff. So it's a whole other podcast of like not trying to compare yourself to you can't look at the top 12 at BOA and go, oh, well, that's what's getting the points. Well, then let's do that show. It's not about doing that show. It's not about the show that they did. It's about how well they did it. And that is music education. That has nothing to do with show design. You know, and and it's funny. It's like, you know, I know like on our website, and I'm once again, this is not a pitch or anything like that, but you see various kinds of, of prices between like, Winds and percussion already written shows like fifteen hundred, maybe two thousand dollars to tweak it to fit your band, and then you see stuff like a platinum package all the way to like thirty thousand dollars, which are the the BOA DCI UIL designers that are are you know at the top of their game, but there's stuff in between. We have like these prepackaged shows like maybe thirty or forty of them 
that I've already have drill written to them, music written to them, all the stuff that it's, it's been successful. Now let's just adapt that to your band and let's thin it out this, do this, let's rewrite it. I'm not one of those businesses where if somebody wants a show off my shelf, I send it to them along with an invoice and say, good luck. I send it to them and I ask them, print it off, grab a red Sharpie, circle everything you want altered, changed, what instruments, you know, if you don't have a, a strong flute solos, but you want another voice, tell me where to put where, scan it, send it back to me, and I will make it fit your band, you mm-hmm. know? But a lot of times people just get the arrangement, think, okay, this is what's going to be, you know? And if, it doesn't if, have to be that way. You know, and if, if your arranger, when you buy stuff off the shelf, doesn't take the time to do that, then I, you know, I'm not bagging any arranger, but I'd probably say I wouldn't probably be going back to that person the next year because, He's not helping my band be successful. One question that I had kind of shift gears here, and we'll kind of use this to, to close out. Do you think, and the, and the answer may be no, uh, but do you think there will be any silver linings from the pandemic? Any silver linings over the last 18-ish months or whatever? Yes. Are you kidding? 100% silver linings. Silver, silver, silver linings. Um, I think, I think a lot of us, let's say us, let's group us all in here. I think a lot of us realized we just missed doing the thing with each other. You know what I mean? We were so charged with the competitive side and we were so charged with contests. We were so charged with, I scored this last week. And then at this contest, I scored five points lower. And like, you can't do that anyway, but people do that. And so we were so caught up in the grind And I think we realized, you know what I think it is? I think I just missed doing the thing with people. I think I just Mm -hmm. missed making music. I think I just missed performing for a crowd and watching my students get a standing ovation and watching my students light up. I, you know, all of those band parents that got on your nerves because it was constant. Now you're like, man, I just really miss, you know, Dave building my props and us like hanging out on a Thursday night after rehearsal far too late. And you miss that stuff. So I think this was a re a reboot for a lot of people of like, what's important. What Mm -hmm. is it? You know what I mean? Um, I I think, I, I think there's a huge silver lining. And I think for the students, I've never seen students more excited about band camp in my entire life. Like, Yes. Yeah. Sunscreen, yeah. 97 degrees, July on the turf. Let's go. I'm pumped. Like yeah. Never have I seen kids more excited to come back and be told, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. I know you're hot. Do it again. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and they're excited. I think it was just, it was a reminder to us of why we do it, the parts that are important. And I think it was a reminder to the students that everything can be taken away at the snap of a finger. And I think we're going to see a lot of students come back and be their absolute best, the the best that they were always meant to be. They just didn't know how to actually do it. And now they're so excited and Pat, they have this passion now because they've missed it. But I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see, I think we're going to see some really, really excited driven kids this year. For sure. Yeah, I I agree. I agree 100%. You know, I'm hoping that the travel and all that stuff is very conducive, you know, that school districts allow all those things, overnight things, long trips and everything. Uh, and just so the kids get that experience, you know, because, you know, we went to, a, like I said, a, a different concert last week with our kids and they had the seniors speak 
and each one of them, one of the things that, what was your, one of your favorite moments yeah. in band? And I think every one of them said going on band trips, you know, the overnight trips, just hanging out with your friends and all that stuff. I mean, like, I can't wait to see that again, where kids can hang out, you know, together, not six feet apart, you know, and just doing what we've, we're used to doing. You know? Well, and we want, I mean, we want the kids to be like, what was your favorite experience? Oh, it was playing. And, and I just, I nailed that, you know, that 30 second note run on the 35 yard line is the best I'd ever played it. But really they're like, what did you miss for band trips? So like, dude, I got Cheetos at 1am at Bucky's. And that was my favorite part because that's really what they, that's the stuff they love. They do. Mm-hmm. They love it. It charges them. And it's those 1am stops at Bucky's that bring kids back. I mean, it really is. It's that kind of family thing that, that gets them to do the crazy, ridiculous things we ask them to do. I need you to jazz run four to five while playing that. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? I want my Cheetos. But it's the Cheetos, (laughs) right. But it's that, it's those fun bus trips, right. Where everyone's still awake at 2am that makes you want to say, okay, to your band director, because they Mm. love being in the part of the program. So I think that part is really, I think that's going to, I think it's a huge silver lining. We all needed a reset. Everybody needed a reset. And I think it's a really good reset for a lot of people. It's always been my, one of my favorite things, you know, when you're, when you're in band camp and you're trying to get that opening impact so loud and so full, you know, and it's like, ah, it's never satisfying. Well, the only thing you can trade in for that is like when they do it at the first performance and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. Once, once the crowd goes nuts and that first loud impact, guess what? You never have to talk about volume again no. because the they're kids just want to do it. For it. They want to do it. They know, they understand at the end of this, when I finish this release point, I'm going to get a lot of applause. And mm-hmm. the stronger I play, the more applause I'm going to get. And that's how it works. Yep. You know, and that's, I think, I think those kids are going to see that, feel that, hear that, and just go for that, you know, more so than any other, any other year. Now, granted, there's some things, you know, that we have to fix with some of the technique that we lost and, you know, and some of those things we talked earlier in this, in this podcast, but I don't think you're going to have to worry about the kids energy or their, uh, their drive in 2021. I think that's going to be the thing that we appreciate more than anything. Again, like you said, we have taken so many of these things for granted, but just that ability to go and perform. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that in Missouri has been different than some of the other States that I've been familiar with, that it seems like most of Missouri hasn't been like just overly consumed with competition and, and they've, you know, and, and it, that may not be universal, but, uh, it's, but I think this year more than ever, people are going to be less concerned about the scores and everything else. And yeah. they just want to go out there and perform and play in front of an audience and get that feedback and get all those feelings. I know for me, like four state wins is starting back up again this summer. We're going to play a, a, a independence day concert, like to be able to play music, in front of an audience yeah. and have people applaud at the end and get to play music with my peers and my mm-hmm. friends. Like, Oh man, that's, that's going to be so exciting yeah. to do that. You know? And like, I just, I can't wait. We just got the the repertoire list the other day and we were in the car yesterday and Belinda's like, Hey, have you made a playlist yet of the new music? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, put it on. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. You know? And so we're listening. She's like, Oh, I love this song. And like, you know, she's like turning the radio up. Like, we're just excited about like, yeah. we're going to get to like play this with our friends and then perform it for people to hear it live, not do something where we're doing a webcam deal and whatever. Yeah. Like it's going to be real, real performance. And yeah, we're 
totally well, stoked with that. You know, Lindsay and I had the opportunity to go down to Nixa to do a clinic concert, a clinic consultant thing. And then we did the same thing at Missouri State. And both times we saw the first band there. I know I was tearing up. I think Lindsay was too, just because, oh, yeah. you know, just hearing that live band performance. I, mm-hmm. I would drive down three hours every Thursday night, go down and watch Missouri State to watch my kid perform in the Keller Guard and to listen to my arrangements, you know, and mm-hmm. listen to Dr. Snow and and all those guys, you know, just cranking it down at Missouri State. And it was just a hoot seeing a live performance you know, in the fall, you know, that it was, it was well worth the six hour round trip. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to see that and hear that and feel that. And so I have a feeling it's going to be like that all over the place. And I just encourage all band directors or whoever's listening to this podcast that keep that at the forefront of your mind. That's really what people miss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your show concept and I don't know. And all of this stuff, I mean, it matters and, and, and I get it and it's important, but it's not the important, it's not the thing. And, you know, choose something design wise that your kids are going to be excited about, not something that's just going to be a drain, you know, I mean, something they're going to be excited about. You've got them. They're going to be eating out of the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. They're here right now. You have them. They've missed it. They want to come back. They miss doing the thing. You have them out of the palm of your hand. Don't screw it up by making things that aren't important, important. Don't screw it up by screaming and yelling because we have a contest on Saturday and blah, blah. Don't, don't mess that up. They're ready to come back to you. They're ready to come home. They're ready to be encouraged. They're ready to be inspired and they're ready to play for you. Don't mess it up by getting in the way, by making things important that are not important. And my last thing, I think one of you guys said something about rebooting. I think that's also for the band directors. This is the opportunity for you to change how you've done things in the past to make things even more effective, more obtainable, more educational, more positive, you know. And so if you want a chance to reboot your program, this was the perfect opportunity to change your teaching style to make it more adapted, adaptable to uh, not just 2021, but how the kid's psyche is, you know, and how to uh, go about your business, but getting this, getting maybe better results, but doing a different way instead yeah. of expecting, expecting a, a certain thing, how you've always done it. Maybe how you always done it is not the way to do it anymore, you know? And I think this is a perfect opportunity for people to research that, redevelop themselves and see what they can come out uh, at the end of the tunnel. They taught your ear off. you guys you guys have totally killed this like you are both you're so good you each have like two sides of a coin to talk about uh but you're talking about the same coin and this i mean i just i just knew it'd be fantastic like you guys are at the top of the game and you have so much experience and you've had so much success and you're so good at what you do that like just winding you up and giving you a platform for a minute and just saying just go like I knew it would be fantastic. Well, and I, you guys thank you for well, definitely thank you are, for all the like, kind words. We don't see yeah, ourselves. Yeah, appreciate that. We yeah, don't well, see ourselves the way you see us. But you, well, I definitely <laughs> see see you both that way, and, and uh, just think highly of you. And and I think I'm really grateful that you're sharing this too, because I think people people and I've been just amazed how quickly the podcast has gained an audience. You know, it just right. kind of started um, as something I was already doing a business podcast. So I kind of had the skill set to do it. 
And I, I realized like, I didn't know what some of our directors were doing for recruiting. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to just reach out to a few that I know and see what they're doing. I'll record it. And we'll make like a podcast out of it. Like that kind of be it. And those first couple of episodes went so well. I, I dawned on me like, this should probably be a thing. Like, I think I'm yeah. gonna, this will be a recurring thing. And it's just been so great. The conversations that have come through have been really enlightening and interesting. And I'm dealing only with people that are kind of in this Missouri area, you know, um, and there's just so much, so much knowledge to be shared. And sometimes even just sharing pain, you know, sharing like mm -hmm. challenges and hardships, like there's, there's something to that there that's helpful for us. That vulnerability, I think is really helpful, but you guys just have offered a lot of advice. And like I said, I think when people who are kind of at the top of the game are saying, look, be realistic and all the things we talked about in the first half, that's going to, there's going to be people that are going to hear that and go, oh, they're probably right. Yeah, I was just going to pull that, that show that I developed in 2019 off and just thought that we could pull it together, but they're right. I should pull the pace back. I should be more thoughtful about it. And, I just think it's going to be super, super useful for people. So 